adult. It's waking up every day and saying, I am what I am going to be. I'm not what people are going to say I'm going to be. I either had an option to accept and live a life that was not chosen by me or to get up and make a change. I performed poorly in school. You know, I was not your A student. I was literally the one who came home with rings on my report. It's easier to be scared than go out there and take a risk. From being able to show people that you don't have to be born special. You know, you don't have to be born with special characteristics and talents. You can cultivate those talents within yourself. It's possible. What you don't have, you can create. You walk away after delivering a solution and there's some, a smile on someone's face. And if you can make profit doing that, that's a great way to make profit. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode here on Money Talks and in studio we have the amazing Nafisa Gray who's the CEO of the I4 Energy Group as well as the founder of the Gray Foundation making a difference in many people's lives. Welcome Nafisa, you look amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Nafs, where do we start? I mean, you have such an amazing story. You've been through so much. I just want to let you take it from wherever you'd like to take it. I mean, where, where were you 15 years ago? 15 years ago, um, I was making a decision to move to Johannesburg. Um, it was probably one of the most defining moments of my life, taking a big risk, leaving a home that I was used to for so many years, the comfort, the security, the consistency, and taking a dive into the unknown. So if I had to look back, that was probably one of the most defining moments of my life. Nafs, you are a proud mother that's showing up all the time to an 11-year-old superstar, being a single mom at the time, going through what you went through. Take us through that. Like, it's not as glorifying as it sounds. Um, it was a very, very difficult time of my life. Um, if I ever felt more alone in my entire existence, that was definitely one of the times where I felt like it was me against the world. And, you know, I had a little girl who looked at me as her hero. Um, when she looked at me, she thought mom could do just about anything. And that was a motivation in itself because I could literally not give up. I was not responsible only for myself, but I was responsible for this little precious girl that I had in my life. So, you know, it took a lot of self-motivation every single day. Um, you know, when people look and see where I've grown to, it was definitely not an overnight success. None of, not, not a single part of my life was an overnight success. It was a struggle. It was fighting for something that I wanted. And when I started again and I got back into the business world and I was creating a new business, um, it, was, it, was, it felt like I had taken 10 steps back in my life because I, was, I had already created a business that was successful and I lost it overnight. And then to start at that moment, you know, as a human being, you've got all these emotions going through you like, can I do it again? I've already sacrificed so many, of, so many years to build something and now I've got to do it all over again. And you know, you've got people telling you, you know, you're so old and you know, you, you know, you're not going to be able to do it again. And then you start taking that into yourself and you say, am I able at 26 to start all over again? Will I be able to manage, you know, all this negativity that's swirling around in your head? 
And I had to kick it out of my mind. I had to tell myself that anything is possible. Just as I did when I was young, I needed to remind myself that anything is possible. If I could do it then, I can do it now. Age was not a defining factor. Nafisa, that is incredible. I mean, at the time as well, at 26 years old, you, the family, I mean, South Africa saw the recession, the world saw the recession. Um, we know the stats that, and I don't know if you guys know this, but females after a divorce suffer 20% loss of income. I mean, males actually gain a 30% increase. And, and to look at that and focus on a young female in the worst of times, yes, we find our beliefs internally. And I mean, would you say that's the only factor in pulling yourself forward and defining a goal? Take us through what, what if you were to explain the process to help somebody just get it. Um, what happened in your story and what would you say to the young female that could be in that position? So it would be more believing in yourself, um, switching off from the outside world. And when I say switching off, it's, you know, what I faced a lot was society's expectations, society's comments, society's criticism, which weighs down heavily on a female, more so when you're a female and you have a child. Um, everyone has an opinion, everyone is um, deciding where your future is going to go, where your future is, where your future lies and what it could be. And you know, you, you face more negativity than actual positivity because if I had to look back at that moment, not a single person was saying anything that was uplifting my spirit at that moment. It was all about, it's never gonna work. You know, you, um, it's only downhill from here, more so that you have a child. You know, the negativity on a kid growing up in a broken home, they will amount to, to nothing. Um, you know, kids from broken homes are, damaged and you sit with all of this because you're constantly being it's fed pressure, it. right? it's a lot of pressure and naturally as a human being with all this negativity and no positivity you are left to yourself at that moment in time you only have a choice to follow the mass and listen to what they're saying or break away and define your own future and that itself is easier than what it sounds because it takes a lot of self-motivation being your own cheerleader i always say you know you have to be your own cheerleader and it's very difficult it's waking up every day and saying i am what i am going to be i'm not what people are going to say i'm going to be my daughter is going to be a strong happy individual and i have the power to be able to create that and and defining my own future now nafs in i know you are fully uh, responsible in caretaking of your of your daughter and at the time i mean were you in any debt after the divorce so i've never lived my mind or lived my life with um, a mindset of being in debt even till today i'm when it comes to saving and being financially um, secure, it's, it's something that's very core to me. So when I say I started up from scratch, I started up from scratch with no debt. Um, I had no liabilities, but I had to start from the ground up, um, from having a home to owning everything to living in an apartment where the spoon didn't even belong to me. That was starting up from scratch, from having the best cars, from working to be able to drive anything I want, 
to taking like 10 steps back and driving a car that was old. It was had so much of mileage on. Um, but those, those two, when I look back at those moments, those moments made me. Literally, they made me because, you know, when you lose everything and you've taken what feels like 20 to 30 steps back in life, um, you either have two options to go up or to fall further down. And the support structures around you, were these majority other females? I had no support structures. No support None structures. whatsoever. Um, I must give credit to very, very good friends. Um, that were people that I could lean on and motivated me and all of them were from my first year of MBA so when I started again I had another year of MBA to complete. Uh, to be honest um, there were many times when I wanted to give up because I felt like there was just too much of responsibilities on me. I needed to you know, um, motivate my kid, introduce her into a new structure, start off a new business, and then still study for my, my modules. But when I started my first year of MBA, I met the most incredible human beings ever um, from different walks of life, um, different career paths. Some were in corporate, other were in entrepreneurs. And on the first day when we met, we made a promise to one another that come what may, we were all going to graduate together. And when I considered giving it up, um, they were my backbone. They were like, listen, Akita, we're going to do this together. We are going to complete this course that we started on. And it was not only that, they were my backbone when I had low moments. But other than that, no, I was alone. I didn't have anyone motivating me. You know, the thing is, when you go through something like that, even though you have family and you come from a community, there's a lot of negativity that you face, a lot. And from the surroundings of my community, I did not face any positivity. So technically, if I have to look back, apart from my friends, I was alone. It's harsh. And you pulled through, and that there is the beauty of the story. So Nafs, you started the business. Was it the Eiffel Group at the time? That was my second business. Okay. So at what point did you move away from working in a corporate environment through this transition and realizing I want to be an entrepreneur? So I've never really worked in a corporate environment. Um, I qualified in a position that was chosen for me at a young age um, as soon as I completed matric. It was not a profession that I wanted to be in. Um, but I went with it. It was an expectation. Um, what my goals were and what I ended up doing was completely worlds apart. Um, I worked in the business world for two years. Um, in those two years, I knew that this was not my calling and I had an option. I either had to continue with um, a passion that was not mine and inherently within me, I knew that I could not live that life. It was. I, I always yearned to be able to create something and even in that profession I tried to create something. I tried to create um, a product that would you know, give me a sustainable financial income and make me free from having to earn a salary every month. So I made a decision to break away from it and start my first business. And I've been self-employed since 22. Self-employed since 22, that's amazing. To those budding entrepreneurs out there, I mean, one thing I do know about Nafisa is she's very big on writing down her goals and vision boarding. Has this always been a practice and how important would you say accounting for your goals on paper or creating your vision to see in front of you every day in the life of an entrepreneur? So 
every entrepreneur is different when it comes to how they drive themselves with their goals. For me, it's always been vision boards in different forms because when I was much younger, my vision board was more mental. Um, I made commitments to myself. This is where I wanted to be. This is where I wanted to go. This is what I wanted in my life. And I kept that at the center of my mind and I used it to drive me towards achieving it. Um, in my first business, my vision board was more electronic. I would save my goals, pictures, um, things that inspired me. Um, I used to keep um, a folder on my cell phone and in my folder it would be all the goals I wanted to achieve. And I utilized that for many, many years. Even when I started again, um, I had a folder that things Nafisa wanted in life. And I would screenshot them and I would save them into that folder. And I would constantly look at it every day to say, tell myself, listen, yeah, I'm going to have this one day. I'm going to be able to achieve it. And then as the years progressed, I moved to a more physical vision board where I actually plotted out my my 12-month goals, my five-year goals, and my 10-year goals. And I found it a very powerful medium to remind myself every day of what I wanted to achieve. And I always share about vision boards because they're literally magical. Um, they're as magic as you can make them. And I always noticed that, fine, if I had 10 goals for my 12 months, I may not achieve all 10, but I would achieve maybe six or five. But those six or five were huge goals. And the fact that at the end of the 12 months when I'd look at it and I'd have this sense of absolute fulfillment that something that seemed unrealistic at the beginning of the year became a complete reality at the end was enough to always make me utilize this medium to drive my goals. Naps, you are the CEO of a company and I know there's amazing things in your future. A lot of plans, a lot of decisions. What characteristics or traits does it take for a woman to exceed or excel in the business world of today? So being a female in a business environment is not easy. Um, more so when you function in an area that's male-dominated. So both of my businesses were always in the male-dominated industry. I mean, I've spent a lot of my life, and even in the energy sector, donning a hard hat, wearing safety boots, climbing, climbing on scaffolding. And when I started e each business, you know, you have, you go into an arena, arena where there's it's controlled by all males and here you are as a female. So I always hear that, you know, it's very difficult for women to break into either the corporate world, which is which many of them are male dominated or into businesses where the sector is male dominated. And it's it is true. It's not easy, but you can either decide to say, OK, it's not easy and it's not going to work. or you decide to say that I'm not going to let my sex define what I'm capable of. So I have understood and accepted that as a female in an industry that's male dominated, you have to work harder. You've got to accept it. You've got to push harder. You've got to fight harder for what you want. It's the reality of it. And I've always, I've always utilized myself as a motivation that the, the, the sex of an industry does not determine my success within it. And that's driven me towards being able to achieve what I wanted to achieve. And personal development is the defining skill set that you had to acquire along the way. I mean, there's the drive to succeed. And I know that you are big on personal development and a lot of people managing companies need to always acquire new skills to be able to adapt along the journey. Um, what would you say are important things? So you've got your MBA in terms of 
other types of skills that you acquired along the way? Were there any that you focused on? So I'm always asked, like, what did you study to be able to get to where you are? And the reality is nothing. Um, my most defining um, part of my career was without an education. And if I had to say I learned on the ground, that's exactly what I did. Um, I'm motivated by inspirational people. I learn from those around me. I pay attention. I listen. I see what are the characteristics and traits that successful people have. And I identify them and I incorporate them into my life. And as an entrepreneur, I learned from the hard knocks of life, you know, the failures, the challenges. And those were, those were the defining strengths that helped me build myself and better myself along the way. Um, I did my MBA when my business was already a success. So it was not an MBA that I acquired to be successful. Choosing to do, to do my MBA was to, um, to better myself, to better myself as a leader. Um, there was a lot of value in it because, you know, when I started, I thought I knew everything. I knew how to manage my staff. I knew how to manage my company. I knew how to put processes and procedures in place. I did a good job without having an education, but my MBA harnessed me um, more deeply as a leader. You know, I was able to correct uh, weaknesses within myself to be able to get the best of my staff. Um, I was able to implement processes and procedures. So I never like people to think that you need an education to be able to become an entrepreneur. You don't. You really don't need one. Um, education is very important. I'm not going to take anything away from it, um, but it's not the defining characteristics of success. Um, it's made me a better person. I mean, at this point, I'm doing my master's in finance. I'm in my second year. And I mean, everything I learned about finance and savings was on the ground, you know, making mistakes, learning from others. Um, but right now, why I'm doing it is to better my skills, to take me to the next level that I want to. But a lot has been through self-development, even my mindset, the uh, practice of consistency in my life. It's been through teaching myself that trait over and over again. And it is self-awareness, which is the beginning, right? The ability to look into yourself and identify your strengths and work on what you've got to work on, which fits to the way you see the world, right? And so you, you learned a lot of the things on the ground before you started upskilling and finding yourself in need of additional skills. Discipline, right? Topics like time management that add to your self-awareness. Are you aware that you want something in the future? How, what's your view on it? How did you, from the earlier years, set up your life, your time, discipline towards the things that you want and why? And I know that the, the why, you did say earlier that you've always had it in you. So if you could take it a little bit further to the younger people watching, to the people that actually find that they don't have the skill, they would like to be more self-aware, where, what is Nafisa Gray's version of taking self-awareness towards time management, efficiency and discipline. So I honestly believe we all have it within ourselves. We gotta find it. We literally gotta dig deep and find it. You know, um, if I look back on my life, um, I performed poorly in school. You know, I was not your A student. I was literally the one who came home with rings on my report. You know, trying to hide it and hoping my parents won't ask me for it. Um, I was bullied in school, you know, I had a low confidence, um, you know, I, I really felt that I was not going to amount to much. So, you know, where you are and where you want to be 
depends on your own mindset. It depends on how you are able to switch over and say, I can do this. I am capable of anything I want to achieve. And, you know, um, what pushed me at that moment was, you know, my life was just being planned out for me. Um, it was not being planned by myself. It was being planned by someone else. This is where you're going to go. This is what you're going to do. And when I looked at it, it was not a life that I was comfortable with. I could not sit comfortably, comfortably with living that for the, for the rest of my life. And that fear was what drove me. I either had an option to accept and live a life that was not chosen by me or to get up and make a change. And it was at that moment when I decided to switch around and say, listen, I'm gonna fight for what I want to. Um, I only have three years left in school and I either make it or I break it. And what I do with those three years is going to define how my life is going to turn out. And then I started focusing on my schoolwork. I started teaching myself. I started cutting out the bad habits that I thought were ingrained within myself. It's not easy. It, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen one day like I'm just going to change everything up. It takes a lot of self-motivation, you know, building up the confidence within yourself. Um, the day when I decided to leave the career path that was chosen for me, it was scary. It was literally scary. You know, everyone is like, you know, you're going to lose that salary that you have, that comfort. You, every month you guarantee this is going to be in your bank account. Now you're taking the risk. What happens if you fail? You know, what happens when you, are, when you can't sustain yourself? And at that moment too, it was really, really scary. You know, I had the same fears. And overnight, you don't just leave, become self-employed and overnight become a, a millionaire, you know, you don't become successful overnight. I've had horrible moments, really horrible moments, you know, where customers were not paying me. I was sitting and wondering how, how was I going to make it into the next month? Um, and that didn't happen over months, you know, the first two years, usually when people make it or break it, uh, were really, really tough, you know, it was a lot of downs, more downs than ups. And you have to cultivate your mindset to believe that these challenges are, are put in your way to make you grow. Simple. It's how you look at what you face. You either look at a challenge and you say, okay, you know what, that's it, it's over and done with right now. Or you look at it and say, this is set in my path to make me stronger. And, and how you use it is, is where you're going to go. It's really as simple as that. I always believe firm, firmly that you know, you are stronger than any burden that you face. And your passion was energy throughout that, right? So my passion was security initially, and then I moved into energy. And I'm always attracted to a field where you deliver value to a client, where you walk away after delivering a solution and there's some, a smile on someone's face. And if you can make profit doing that, that's a great way to make profit. A smile on someone's face because that is absolutely what the Gray Foundation is about. At what point did you just say, I'd like to make that difference in the world? And I mean, it's clear in your personality, be the difference that you want to be. It's in everything that, that, that you stand for over here. Um, you are a co-founder in the Gray Foundation. So was this one of your friends from, uh, from, from your MBA that, uh, but, but take us through, at what point did, did it all come about and what is the Gray Foundation? So, like you mentioned, co-founder, um, I share the post with some strong females whose mindsets are just the same as mine, to create a consistent change, um, to make an impact on someone's life. So, I don't share the podium by myself. 
Um, the Gray Foundation was basically an, a channel where we as entrepreneurs could give back and change somebody's mindset and life. And for many, many years, we've been doing a lot of projects, but it's always been just the, the entrepreneurs that were involved in these. And we decided, when we, well, we actually came across the sanitary pad issue through our uh, foundation work. And to be honest, um, none of us actually knew how dire the situation was. So once we started investigating into it further, we were shocked, you know. We always made this assumption because, you know, you always see condoms freely available everywhere. We made the assumption that so sanitary pads should be available to everyone as well. And when we realized that, we started to investigate further into the impacts of not having a sanitary pad every month. How, do, how does it make you feel? And as a woman and a mother to a child, I, I, I know how it, it's demotivating. I mean, to be able to go through the period of the month with no dignity is heartbreaking. And what people don't understand is that it impacts a girl in so many ways. Sure, they have access to education, but they miss between four to five days of school every single month. So it hinders their growth. It hinders their ability to be able to reach that their own dreams because, you know, at that time of the month, they are so unhappy. Um, they utilize items that could possibly create infections for them. And after a lot of work and a lot of self-education, um, the founders of the Gray Foundation decided, okay, this is something that we wanted to embark on. You know, the business that I'm in is all about sustainability. It's about consistency. And we decided to take those factors and implement it into the foundation. So we handhold, the day we take on a student, we handhold them through their schooling career. We don't, you know, they, they have the comfort of knowing that this foundation is going to be there with them that when they finished school, they would have went through a journey with us. Amazing. So the Gray Foundation currently has a lot of events, right? And what, what is the aim for the, the, the ultimate goal for the foundation? So our big goal is to touch 100,000 girls' lives, to take on 100,000 girls under our wing and sustainably and consistently supply them with sanitary pads during their schooling career. That's our big goal. And that is a big goal. And guys, if you're watching, I'm going to actually arrange from Nafisa a link below uh, for you guys to contribute. They are um, certified for donations and uh, even companies for their corporate social responsibilities. If you're watching this and you feel like giving that dignity back to our South African females and helping the Gray Foundation go up to their goal of 100,000 lives, we'll have that link in the description below. Nafisa. And you were mentioning the cause, um, what like events we do, by the way. So let me, let me touch on that. So we, have, uh, we run events during the year and our take on it is to make um, it like fitness for a cause events or you know luncheon events but the whole idea is to get people together to get people together having fun enjoying themselves and while they're doing that they give back so much they have no idea how much they give back and how their presence is changing another person's lives so we love it when people support our events because it's it's much bigger than just getting together and working out for like an hour two hours or getting together and sharing a lunch together it it's so much deeper than that. 
How much fun do you find your workspace as the CEO of your startup? And I say this because I see you are very playful on Instagram with your gym workouts. <laughs> <laughs> do you take that, that culture of fun all the way throughout? Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, I believe the environment that you spend in, it has to be a happy environment for you to thrive and succeed in your day. And to be honest, I'm happy in every single space that I spend within my 24 hours. And given the fact that I spend a large portion, firstly, with my my partners with my employees and in my office it's definitely a happy space for me so you know i have a great team a passionate team they inspire me i love working with them um, i love the people that i surround myself with and you know i always share that you know those people that you decide to go into business with your partners you've got to be so careful how you choose them you know they you have to have someone whose either mindset mirrors yours, their passion mirrors yours, they have the same drive, they don't have to be identical to you, but they have to have that same drive and passion with you because the only way you're gonna reach your end goal is as a team. And it's only possible with teamwork. And in the startup phase, Nafs, choosing those people and the importance of choosing those people, for, for anyone starting out uh, their business, their vision is aligned, at what point as the leader, when you start trying to bring on people on board, how would you identify the right people without making mistakes? So it's difficult. I mean, I've learned over time. Um, for me, it's very important when I hire an individual that to understand what drives them. You know, where do they see themselves? You know, what are their goals? What are their visions? Because, you know, when you look at an employee, they need to grow with you. You know, um, sometimes businesses get it wrong where they, it's all about what the leader is driving, but the leader is not the be all and end all of an organization. It's every single network from every single department down that, that drives towards the official end objective of an organization. And you're in interview phase, it's, I'm, I'm, I, whether, I always like to be the last deciding call. So after all the interviews are done, for me to be able to meet the person at the end before the decision is made. So I know that they are the right fit. And what do you look out for in those individuals? Um, I like to see forward thinkers, um, people that have big passions, big goals, because it, it shows me that they are willing to dream big and they're willing to want more. Um, I like my staff to grow with me. Um, for me, it's all about empowerment. Um, as I succeed, they should succeed as well. And I need people around me that have that big mindset. And, in and also people that, <laughs> sorry, people that are not, not nine, nine to five thinkers. I mean, I must say I'm not one of those employees that, employees that make their staff work 24-7. But I also like to have people that can think out of the box, that when it's needed, are willing to go the distance with you. Well, I mean, we're living in that age, right? It's the age of speed and collaboration and the, 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 the structures of big corporates are actually working to the disadvantage of the vision, let's say that. And I mean, let's talk about vision. In energy, your sector, but in general, the world has changed so much in the past few years. The, the, the decade in front of us has so much more of possibilities and opportunities, but also a lot of confusion that, that industries are facing. Where do you see the next 10 years in, 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 in your passion? 
Look, um, the energy sector is growing. It's been growing for years and years. The, the reality is that we as a country and as a world, you need to look into renewable energy, not just for the convenience and consistency and sustainability. Well, of I mean, we have load shedding store. in a bit, right? Definitely. It's not only that, it's about being kinder to our environment. I mean, we live in our world, we need to protect it, we need to look after it. Um, and we, we need to do that not just for ourselves, but for our next generation, for our kids. So you're looking at renewable solutions, it's, it's becoming a critical need for not only individuals, homeowners, but also businesses. So Nafisa, you have famously been quoted, you've said this, and proud to state is that I may not have been born a millionaire, but I'm not going to let that define me. You live by this very powerful statement. Tell us more about that. What is that mindset? And what, if, if you were to inspire um, young females watching this or anybody for that matter, that anything's possible, just you need to be doing this, what would that be? So I don't believe that the environment that you grow up in or that you've faced for many years of your life will define where you can be. And that's a, con a, a common misconception that people believe that they're never going to be able to break that barrier, that they're always going to continue as life started off. Um, I believe that you can be anything you want to be. You can achieve whatever goal you set your mind to be. And that is something that I constantly told myself that I will not allow my environment or my circumstances to define where my future is going to going to take me. But, but I mean, like we, we find that a lot of people are victim of it. I mean, sometimes it just, it's so cloudy that it, it, you just don't feel, I mean, there, there isn't a magical moment for everyone out there to get this realization that everything is possible. So in, in, with the amount of information out there today, um, we hear these sorts of statements often. I mean, you live by it, but to a lot of people, it's a scroll on an Instagram feed, right? Um, motivational stuff. Uh, you don't have to be, uh, be I mean, exactly this. You, you can't let it define you and go out and be a millionaire. I mean, how uh, you run a very motivational page on Instagram to that audience. For that person swiping, I do notice you give explanations. I mean, what would your advice be to, to, to define the two? The, the statement of anything's possible versus how you see it and how, how, how dumbed down and numb we are to that statement. Where's that snap point? If you were to have, have five girls from the foundation sitting right here and, and you've opened up your statement of motivation and they have their questions, what are those common questions and how do you deal with that? You know, I know that when you're, you're in a tough situation, um, everything seems impossible. Um, I know what it feels like. Um, you know, you, your fears dominate what you're capable of. You, your, your fears are basically that safe place. It's easier to be scared than go out there and take a risk. And that's what always holds people back. Um, I always say it's a comfort zone. It's always comfortable to be afraid than be afraid and go out there and then fail. But, you know, what I always say to an individual is that can you comfortably say that you will continue being scared? Because if you choose to be scared, know this one thing, that whatever situation you are in at that very moment, by doing nothing, it's going to compound and it's going to become worse. So if you're in debt 
and you're scared and you're afraid to take a chance and break out there and get yourself out of the debt, my, by not doing anything, you are not going to stay at that level of debt. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And you need to, you need to accept within yourself that I'm okay. I'm okay going further downhill than making, to, than taking a risk and seeing whether I'm going to fail or I'm going to succeed. And when you look at it in that way, why not? Because the alternative is worse. It really is worse. And it applies to anything in your life. If you are in a bad relationship, it's only going to get worse if you stay there. Or you take, the, you take a step and you say, you know what, it's scary out there. It's scary to take a chance and be alone and, and be accountable for myself. But the, the alternative is worse. You can take that concept and apply it into any part of your life. You want to be an entrepreneur. Um, you are scared because now you have a consistent salary. And the fear is now taking that step and being self-employed and writing your own check. But you will always get that salary. You will always be stuck in that rat race unless you see what it's like on the other side. And, and, and I suppose as an entrepreneur or whatever it is in life, when you get that clarity, um, to everyone else it seems risky, but I'm sure it's, it, I mean, to me, a lot of these things make sense. In which case, is it really risky? So rather spend time on yourself, look inside, create little systems of, uh, of accountability in your life, write your goals, dream as big as you want. Nafisa, these are all the, the themes that you've given out here, and I think they're absolutely powerful. And they have no reason, each one of you should, watching this, and thank you for watching up to this point, um, the, the excuses are there. I mean, I can't tell you there is no excuse, and Nafisa will back me on that one. But you just got to think about what you want and go do it. And, and that there is a strong, powerful woman that's been through so much, and, and it's not over, is it? No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely Nafisa, what's your favorite video on the YouTube channel? Um, so I've watched um, your interview with Zarif Menti, uh -huh. and I've watched your interview with Maps. Uh, two different takes on entrepreneurship, but uh, I was hooked from the first minute right till the end. And I suppose that's the beauty of all the stories that come in here. Everyone's journey is similar, but completely different at the same time. And you know the thing is, like, people will always, there's a lot of motivational quotes out there, there are a lot of entrepreneurs talking, but there's always a common thread that we all share. It's, you know, uh, passion, perseverance, consistency. And there's a reason why there's, oh, that you're always flooded with that constantly. You know, I always say that it takes 21 days to break in a habit. You know, it seems nice on a coat, you know, people look at it and say, oh, no, it's not possible. But the reality is it's so possible. You can change your mindset when you choose you want to change it. And our mind is the most powerful tool ever. How you utilize it determines where you're going to go. 100%. And I mean, here's, I think, is the biggest failure point when, 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 when you're taking through a statement like that to action with an expectation. An expectation can kill you very, very soon. I mean, 21 days to break a habit, but that is a guideline. Yeah. What happens if it takes three months? Do you give up earlier? And these are the important uh, exactly. acknowledgements that, that you've got to agree with yourself first before you take a motivational quote. And we chatted a lot about this over lunch. Um, take a motivational quote to applying something in your life, taking something th from this video, applying it to your life. And I know that in all these lessons that we're sharing here, 
you run an Instagram page or one of your pages actually documents or all these events, failures and so on, where you wrote a little bit of an explanation on the how-to. So firstly, go check out the page, but I know this is something that makes you really happy. Yes, it does. Um, it's something I hardly share on my Instagram, Why, where a lot of my passion comes from. It's being able to see the impact of change in another person's life. And that literally makes my heart so happy. So I used to share from my second, I say my second rebirth when I built a new business and I shared a lot of my stress and my struggles, the bad moments, me sleeping at the backseat, traveling through provinces, um, coming home late, waking up early the next morning. I shared the journey on my page and a lot of my followers watched me grow. Um, from start from start all the way to where I am right now and I'm still growing but um, the what made me really happy is that sometimes people actually listen to what you are sharing and they absorb it within themselves and they start to stop telling themselves it's not possible and they start believing that what their goals are it's actually possible to achieve. And sometimes I'd get a message like six months later, eight months later, a year later, from someone who'll just say, by the way, you know, I just want to share with you that I implemented those things in my life. And if I tell you that it completely changed my life, a year later, I have been able to achieve these things. And that is where my happiness comes from, be from being able to show people that you don't have to be born special. You know, you don't have to be born with special characteristics and talents you can cultivate those talents within yourself it's possible what you don't have you can create nafisa let's take this back to business and being the being in the boardroom as a female how important is it to be relentless and in business as a female it's very difficult. So if I've got to be blatantly honest, um, as a female in a male sector and when you enter a boardroom, there's already so many perceived misconceptions about you. Firstly, you can either look too young and you're not taken seriously. And I had that a lot in the beginning years of my career. So I looked much younger than what I was and automatically no one takes you seriously. You become the token vase in the boardroom. No one wants to listen to you until you open your mouth and you assert yourself. And people start to listen instead of looking at an exterior. So as a female, you've got to work harder. It's a given fact. You've got to assert the respect that you deserve because at times either you are in an environment where you are treated as a female, you are, you know, um, treated with kid gloves, or you're in an environment where males automatically think that, you know, it's easier to flirt with you instead of giving you the same respect that they'll give their male counterpart. And all of that is only achieved by you putting a firm foot down and defining who you are and how you would like to be received the moment you walk in. And at the same time, because business is about building relationships, so you're putting that foot down, uh, asserting, establishing that position that you deserve to be there rightfully, and then taking that energy to actually building real relationships, even in a male-dominated workforce, that there is a unique skill set that I'm telling you no male has to ever encounter. And you proof in the pudding, it's very possible. And I want you, uh, there's the nod of the head from Nafisa, this is absolutely possible. You just got to 
Focus on yourself. Think about the bigger picture. No, it's going to be put in the work. Yeah. 100%. And it's a skill you can't learn. You know, you can't be taught it. You've got to, you've got to learn it yourself. You know, I didn't go into the into this business, into this arena where someone says, okay, you need to do this and you need to, you need to go into a boardroom and you need to behave this way and you need to set these principles. You learn as you go along. I've had to learn with each meeting, with each encounter. And on that note, Nafisa, thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate uh, all the energy that you've shown. It's been amazing to get to know you so far. And we'd love to have you again on the show and watch your development in the new things that are coming in your business. I absolutely wish you every success and too many more years uh, developing this relationship with Money Talks and everything of the future. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a really, really enjoyable conversation. And I hope that, you know, it leaves some positivity with females or males that want to get into the entrepreneurial world. No, absolutely enough. Guys, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share this video and click on that bell icon. Nafisa, why don't you tell them? What bell icon? <laughs> the bell icon, you have to click it so you never miss a video and notifications yeah, yeah, come okay, up. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, I'm definitely putting this on the interview, <laughs> Nafisa. Guys, hit that subscribe button and we'll catch you in the next one. <laughs> that was amazing. That was perfect. <laughs> What bell icon? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know the bell icon? No. <laughs> oh, that's flipping funny.